We just celebrated our 22nd year in full-time ministry this past September, so just a month ago. Um, I started traveling in ministry as a teenager. I was in high school, and I started going out on the weekends thinking I was just doing the pastors a favor. I would just do it because I'm in high school, so I can just do it. And then uh, I started getting invi invited to other events and things like that. And then after high school, the Lord spoke to me as I was writing my final exam, and he gave me a ministry assignment. As I was writing my final exam paper, he told me exactly what I needed to do and that I needed to move immediately. And I went home, I started packing my bags, and I probably didn't go about it the right way because I hadn't even told my parents yet. I was just packing my bag. I was just packing up. I was ready to hit the road. And uh, my mother came down into my room, and she looked at me. She said, Joshua, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm getting ready to move. She said, where are you going? And I said, well, the Lord spoke to me today when I was writing my final exam paper. Well, let me tell you this. I've grown in God a little bit since that time, and I've learned that there are sometimes, although it's God speaking, sometimes we sometimes mess things up the way that we handle what God's spoken to us, right? And so um, let's ask for God's wisdom and all of it. But I will say this, that I don't regret obeying the voice of the Spirit. The greatest thing you can do in your life is to follow the directives of God, that when He speaks, you don't question what He says, but you just simply obey the voice that has spoken. And so He's spoken many different things to us in ministry, and it always seems that every year, just when we think we've seen all that we could ever see in God, we've had tremendous miracles and blessings and successes and souls harvest and all these kinds of encounters and glory, just when we think we've seen it all, done it all, tasted it all, been there, done that kind of a thing. God breaks through and does a whole lot more. And so I know that God wants to keep us moving in glory realms. And that was, that's what this book is all about. It gives you strategies from heaven for moving in the glory in your life. So I really do encourage you to get a copy of this. I spend the first three chapters talking about the three realms in the spirit, realms of faith, realms of anointing, and realms of glory. There's a difference between anointing and glory. Okay, sometimes the words are used interchangeably. Anointing and glory, glory and anointing. But they're actually two different realms in God altogether. And if we don't understand the difference, we won't be able to utilize or enter into the fullness of what God has prepared for us. And so I examine those things within the first three chapters, unlock some things from you. You know, something that people have told me, they say, well, Brother Joshua, I don't even feel like I have any faith. Well, you'll find out by reading the chapter about realms of faith that you do have faith. And if you've got faith, then it doesn't matter how small it is, how weak it is. If you've got something, God can use it. If you'd be willing to give it to him, he can use it. And so I, I give you the keys how you can enter into greater faith and how God can begin to perfect that faith and then utilize it to open up realms of anointing and then anointing opening up realms of glory. And then from there, I, I go into a bunch of other fun things like realms of divine ascension, realms of the miraculous, realms of angelic presence, realms of manifesting wealth. How many like that? Okay, the five of you. Great. The five of you, I expect God to do exceedingly abundantly in your life for all five of you. Uh, there are realms of spirit travel. How many want to go places in God? Amen. And, uh, and then the final chapter is called Realms of Heavenly Encounter. And there is a whole heavenly dimension that's awaiting our exploration. Thank you, Jesus. And so what I want to do uh, this afternoon is I want to teach you a little bit about um, how the glory works, how, how the glory functions, how we enter into this place 
of the glory. Anybody have a book on you? Anybody brought your book? Okay. I'm going to be teaching out of it, so I was going to tell you what page, but if not, okay, then never mind. Forget I said that. Um, let me ask this question. Who uh, saw the program that I did with Sid Roth this week? Okay, quite a bit of you. Wow, that's amazing. I'm so glad that you watched. And for the rest of you that did not see the program, you need to go and you need to watch the program. Um, it really was a tremendous uh, program. We filmed that last July in Charlotte uh, with Sid Roth, and it was wonderful. I like Sid. He's kind of like the Christian uh, Larry King. He's kind of like the Larry King of the supernatural world, you know. He just he wants to get to the bottom of it. And uh, <laughs> Sid's so fun because I, I, I get excited about the questions he asks. I start answering, and then he cuts me off, and he's got another question because he, he wants to get right to the very bottom of it. He wants to... <laughs> Just the, the, the facts. He doesn't want all the extra peripheral. He just wants to know. <laughs> he is fun. He's, <laughs> he's a wonderful, wonderful man. And, uh, um, okay, I want to speak with you about how the glory realm operates. How this glory. Because we hear about the glory. What is the glory? What is the glory? The glory is God. God is the glory. He is glorious the glory is his character his nature the essence of his presence all that he is and all that he has that is the glory when we speak about the glory we're not speaking about some kind of weird just energy or mystical force that's floating around we're speaking about the essence of God he is the God of glory some say he is the God of glory and so when we speak about his glory we're speaking about the manifestation of a divine presence coming into our midst. We're talking about God coming and settling in our home, in our business, over our region, within our communities. We're talking about God himself coming in all of his goodness. Amen? Okay. And so uh, when we speak about the anointing, that's different than the glory. Why? Because the anointing is a gift from God. The anointing is not God. The anointing is a gift from God. Do you understand that? The anointing comes from the Holy Spirit as a divine enablement that comes from God as a gift, and he gives it to us for the purpose of that we as believers will be able to do things in God that we would not normally be able to do in the natural. So an example of the anointing is that God anoints us, and we can speak in other tongues. What kind of tongues? Well, we can speak in foreign tongues, foreign languages. We can speak in heavenly languages. We can speak in ancient languages. We can speak in future languages. There's unlimited realms in anointing, and it's wonderful. And there's something powerful that happens as we begin to speak in those unknown languages. As God begins to give us utterance, it's only in the anointing that's doing it because we have not learned it because we went to a school. We didn't read it out of a dictionary. It was the anointing of God that gives us this new language to speak. The anointing of God comes upon our life and gives us the ability to stretch out our hands and suddenly we lay hands on the sick and what happens? They just feel really nice because our nice warm hand is on their shoulder. No, in the natural, all my hand can do is make someone feel nice and loved because, you know, comforting, whatever. But in the anointing, when my hand stretched out, suddenly healing virtue begins to flow through my hand, begins to flow into the body, and suddenly lives are recovered. People begin to recover. Why? Because of the flow of the anointing, the gift of God moving in and through us. So we're anointed to sing new songs. We're anointed to preach the good news. 
And some people look at that and they say, well, I'm not anointed as a preacher. I am not a preacher. I fought this too myself. I did. I fought it. Because I like to sing, and I would sing songs. I'd sing new songs that God would give me. And I went to Seattle, and I thought all I was going to do was lead worship all weekend. And the, I, I did that. I led worship, and then the pastor got up. He received an offering, made some announcements. Then he said, Brother Josh was going to come and share the word. Well, that's not what I do. And uh, so I wished at that moment that the floor had opened up and kind of swallowed me and then just said, been a random uh, large earthquake on the West Coast, and just so happened that he put the microphone in my hand, and I thought of some testimonies, th things that God had done, and I said everything that was in my head to say in about 10, 15 minutes, and that was all I had to say. And so I went to kindly hand that microphone back to the pastor, and he said, no, you've got more to share. I said, I really don't. And... Uh, he said, no, you, you have more. And I said, uh, I was just kind of, you know, this is in front of everybody. And there's probably about 100 people gathered there. And I was just kindly, trying to kindly give the microphone back to the pastor. I was extremely uncomfortable. And in front of everybody, he said, well, you, you better have more because you still got tomorrow morning, tomorrow night, Sunday morning, and Sunday night. <laughs> I never prayed so hard in my life. I don't think I slept all weekend. I was in prayer. I was in tongues. I was in the Bible. I was in study mode. I was just... Um, the truth is not everybody's called to pulpit ministry. Not everybody. And in that scenario, God used it to stretch me totally uncomfortably. You know what I found? Anytime that God wants to put you into the place that you're called to be, He'll make you very uncomfortable to get there. He'll make you so uncomfortable that the only place you can go is to where you need to be. <laughs> I know that's not something we want to hear, but it's the truth. And uh, the other truth is that not everybody's called to have a microphone in their hand. Not everybody's called to pulpit ministry. But the anointing does not discriminate. And in Isaiah 61, in Luke chapter 4, Jesus repeats it. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me. And the first purpose for the anointing is to preach the good news of the gospel. To preach the gospel. And the truth is, without the anointing, we cannot preach the gospel effectively. Now, what do I mean by this? Not everyone's going to have a microphone in their hand, but everybody. You have an assignment upon your life where you go, the places that you walk into, the people that you meet is all an opportunity to preach the gospel. Oh, does this mean that you have to get picket signs? You have to get out your, the biggest Bible you can find, the biggest King James, and learn, learn all the King James English and all? No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about living your life in a way that demonstrates the reality of Jesus Christ in the places that you go. Because for many people, you will be the only Jesus that they see. You will be the only example of Jesus that will show up in their lives. And God gives you the opportunity to preach the gospel. But if we try to do it in our own power, our own efforts, our own ability, we will not get the results that God wants us to have. Only the anointing working in and through us can do that. 
And so we've been anointed to preach the good news. We've been anointed to heal the sick. We've been anointed to speak in other tongues. We're anointed to, to minister deliverance to the captives, those that need to be released from demonic bondage and from the barriers that the enemies tried to trap people in. There's an anointing for that. Somebody say, there's an anointing for that. And so in Mark 16, verse 15, it says, Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He's speaking about the anointed that empowers us to fulfill the great commission. The spirit gives us his anointing. He pours it out. He smears it all over us and then he rubs it into us. And see, there's different levels in the anointing also. There's a level where there's an outpouring of anointing. That's the, the explosive kind of invitation. That's the, the revival breakouts. You understand? The anointing's pouring out, and suddenly it's an introduction to something new, something that we've not experienced before. And it's really fun and it's exciting. We splash around in those, those realms. But then there's another dimension of the anointing that he wants to bring to us, and this is the anointing that he begins to smear over us. He begins to smear it over us. Why is he smeared over us? Well, it's his protection. What do I mean by that? In Old Testament times when the shepherd would be leading their sheep, be taking them on a journey, oftentimes in the, the late spring and throughout the summer, there were insects that would actually attack the sheep to such a degree, the insects would try, the, the way that the insects would come, they'd come and they'd burrow up inside the nasal passage and inside the ears of the sheep. Now, what these insects would do is they would get so far in there, it would create such an irritation, agitation, that the sheep would be so bothered and irritated by this, they would be rubbing their head up against trees, begin banging their heads on rocks, and oftentimes sheep would kill themselves just trying to get relief from the pain of these insects, okay? The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, right? Okay, so look at this. God gives us his anointing, and he pours it all over us. Now, this is what the shepherd would do. Because of the insect uh, situation or problem, the shepherd would come, and he would anoint around the nose. He would anoint around the ears. He would anoint the foreheads of the sheep. And that mixture of the oil, because it was mixed with other spices, and there was other things that were mixed in the oil, because of that holy mixture and because of uh, that anointing that was on the sheep, it would actually repel the insects. And so there's an anointing that God wants to smear over us that brings us into a level of protection where the bugs are not able to bite, the bugs are not able to burrow into our life to create the irritation and the agitation that leads to destruction. Come on. So it's another realm. I share more about that in the book. But the third realm of the anointing is the anointing that God begins to rub into us. The first two levels of anointing, the anointing that's poured out, it's upon. The anointing that's smeared over, it's upon. But the third level where it's rubbed in, this deals with the anointing within us. This is the anointing that gives us the strength, the stability to stand the test of time. Come on. There's people that operate in great anointings and they've had the outpouring 
and they've allowed the anointing to be smeared over them and they operate in great demonstrations and miracles and wonders and all these kinds of tremendous things but they have not allowed the anointing of God to work within them and so they are not spiritually strong and when the enemy tries to come what does he do first he kicks the pillars on the inside come on so that the whole house falls apart God wants to strengthen you in your inner man amen God wants to strengthen you with a fresh anointing. Somebody say, there's an anointing that comes to strengthen me. So God gives us this anointing. And then he asks us, he says, what will you do with this anointing? And so our answer must be, I will go out and seek those who are lost and need to be saved. I'll go out to those who are sick, those that need to be healed. And I'll go to those who are bound and need to be delivered. And then when we get out there and begin to do the work, something begins to shift. Blessing comes in our obedience. Always does. We see this happening in the first church in Acts. In the upper room encounter, they were empowered by the anointing of the Holy Spirit to speak the word of God with boldness. And they were empowered for one-on-one miracle ministry. Remember, we see this. The, the, the Holy Spirit comes. He's released in the upper room. Suddenly, the tongues of fire fall. They begin speaking in other tongues. The, the demonstration of God is obvious because of the, uh, the personal anointing that's flowing into these individuals. And the 120 go out from the upper room. And everywhere they go, they've been anointed to speak the good news. They've been anointed to lay their hands on the sick. And this causes no small stir. It actually turns everything upside down. Because suddenly, the world is attracted to the power of God. And so the Bible tells us that there were many that were added to their number and the church began to grow. Why? Because of the personal anointing that was flowing through God's believers. Someone say, I've been anointed for God's power to flow through me. Okay. And so it's wonderful. The power begins to flow. People are attracted. Well, now suddenly in Acts chapter four, they find themselves with a little bit of a conundrum because they need to minister now, not just to one or two or 12 or 20 or 30 or 50 or 100. But suddenly the masses are beginning to show up because of what God is doing. Let me say it like this. There were more heads than hands. There were more heads than hands that were available. They didn't have enough hands to lay on all that were sick. They weren't able to do in their own ability or even under the unction of the Holy Spirit within them what needed to be done in that moment because the masses were beginning to come people were drawn to the reality of God so in Acts chapter 4 verse 30 the apostles they called on the Lord and they said God you stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus God, you stretch out your hand. Do you see what was happening? They were beginning to understand that there had to be a shift from anointing into glory. They were utilizing the anointing that God had given to them to now call on the glory of God that they would transition from simply laying their hands on people to the hand of God, which is the glory of God, coming down upon the mass. When God's hand comes down, everybody gets touched. When God's hand comes down, everybody gets blessed. It's not just two or three or five or ten. Come on. Oh, come on. Lift up your hands to heaven right now. Lord, let your hand come down. 
upon us this afternoon. <laughs> oh, yes, Lord, let your hand come down upon us this afternoon. Let your hand of healing, let your hand of blessing, let your miracle working hand come down upon us in this place this afternoon. In Jesus, my name, God, we ask for your holy touch. Lord, that you would begin to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. In Jesus' mighty name. You see, faith, faith is the beginning. The realms of faith. We can't move in anointing. We can't move in glory unless we have faith. Got to be secure. We got to have the right foundation in faith. Faith is the beginning. I like to compare it to the shuttle launch. You know, when they're preparing to launch a shuttle into outer space they got to put a rocket on it and faith is really the initial launch it's the blast off the takeoff faith is what gets you going come on somebody say faith gets me going and then once you get going you need an anointing to take you a little bit further come on and so that anointing to me, it, 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 I like to compare it with when the rocket begins to go through the initial uh, ozone layer of our atmosphere into the outer atmosphere. And then it breaks through another, it goes through the sound barrier. The Bible tells us that God gives us his anointing to break the yoke, to destroy the yokes of bondage. Come on. Somebody say the anointing destroys the yoke. And so God gives us the anointing to take us further, to Take us past the, bond, the bondage. Take us through the barriers. Breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. And sometimes we become really good at breaking things in the spirit. But then we're like, break, 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 break. And then all we do is break, 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 break. But then we don't enjoy the reality of what the breakthrough has provided. We just look for another opposition or another devil or another kind of, come on, something that we got to break. What God's wanting to teach us is that we use faith to bring forth an anointing. We utilize the anointing to bring forth the breakthrough. But once we break through, once you break through, now you're in the realms of glory and in the realms of glory. This is when the, the shuttle is now in orbit come on and now the responsibility is to simply see from a higher perspective to explore to discover new territories hallelujah to go places that no man has ever gone before hallelujah in the realms of glory we get to move into a realm where there's rest and there's ease oh that's the soaring realm huh Isaiah said it like this. He said, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like the eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You see, we walk by faith. The Bible says that we do. We walk by faith. How do we run? We run in the anointing. The anointing of God empowers us to run at speeds that are faster than we could ever operate in the natural. We read about it even in the Bible. Remember the prophet outran the chariots. You remember that? I mean, that's crazy. It's incomprehensible speeds that we can run at in the anointing. But the purpose of that, you see, there's a walking, then there's a running, but you see it's all for liftoff. 
that we might rise up and soar with wings, mount up with wings as the eagles. God is looking for people that will be willing to stretch their spirit wings and soar into realms of glory and discover realities in God that others have not discovered to this point. There's so much more in God than what you've seen. There's so much more in God than what you've been told. <laughs> There's more in God than what you've read. There's more in God. There's more. There's more, 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 more. There's so much more in God. You see, Jesus, when he promised the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit to believers, he said, you will receive power. The Greek word is dunamis. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, dunamis power will be given to you. What is that? That's an anointing of the Holy Ghost. But if we read on in the new covenant, we see that there's different shifts of power. And I'm not going to get into all of them. There's probably about seven of them, I think, that I've seen in scriptures. But the very highest level of power is what's called episkiazo. And this is, in Greek, what it means is the overshadowing realm of God. This is what's spoken about when it says that Peter's shadow went out and began to heal the sick. It wasn't his shadow. That's a wrong trend. That's a mistranslation. Although you can get healed in the presence of my shadow, in the presence of a shadow, you could get healed. It's not about the shadow. It's about the weight of glory that emanates from somebody's life. Oh, it's now not just my hand that's bringing miracles. But it's the essence of the atmosphere that I live in, that I walk in, that I move in, that's ministering to other people. Hallelujah. How many want to carry the atmosphere of glory? The episkiazo is literally the new covenant, New Testament cloud of the glory of God. In Hebrew, it's called the kavod. Spelled K-A-B-O-D. Some people say kabod. It's fine. You can say whatever you want. Kabod, kavod, cloud, weight, the heaviness of God. It's all the same thing. That's the realm of glory where there's a weightiness to the things of the Spirit. I want you to lift your hands up right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. Just lift up your hands right now. Come on, just lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. So we utilize the anointing of God, the empowerment of God, the personal enablement of God upon us to bring forth the glory, the atmospheric shift. The glory is atmospheric. The glory begins to spread wide. The glory begins to go out and, and touch further. But we utilize the realms of anointing to bring forth the glory. So right now, I just want you to begin stirring yourself up in the Holy Ghost. Just begin singing in the Spirit.